Hello, everybody. Welcome to Views on View. I am Steve Edwards, the host with the face for radio and the voice for being a mime, as you can see on your screen, but I'm still your host. And with me today, as has frequently been true in the past, is Mr. Eric Hanshed. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, hey, Steve. Good to be here. Good to be here. Big episode. Big episode. Big Huge, episode. as certain former presidents would say. Huge. Anyway. This, this is a big one. Stay Huge. tuned for the announcement. So for those of you who have been in the view development community, you know Eric uh, from Program with Eric and writing books on view and all that kind of stuff. Uh, needs no introduction anymore. In fact, I have people calling me and saying, hey, can you get Eric's autograph for me? So anyway. And I, I tell Steve, I'm too busy. Send them to my publicist. <laughs> that is the best way. Publicist, that's right. And maybe I'll get back to you six to 12 months if my schedule allows it. <laughs> but a little green always speeds things up too, right? <laughs> uh, no, I take the, I, I, I do take bribes. No, I'm just he does take, do Okay. No, I don't. All right. <laughs> Eric's bosses at AWS did not hear that. So today we have no guests, and the reason we have no guests is this is sort of a retrospective because I have made the decision after much thinking that I'm going to go on hi- hiatus with this podcast, and uh, for a few reasons that we will talk about uh, throughout the program. Um, those of you who uh, are familiar with some of the JavaScript uh, podcasts that are around, another one that I do is JavaScript Jabber. Which And both of these podcasts are part of a larger organization by Charles Maxwood and uh, used to be called devchat.tv. Now it's Top End Devs. And if you go to topendevs.com, you can see a list of all of the, uh, the podcasts we do. Uh, they are on um, just uh, anything from Ruby to Angular to React, Elixir, uh, .NET. Uh, there's the Dev Influencers, uh, Adventures in DevOps, and we've had other ones in the past like Freelancers and Blockchain and uh, Ruby and and so on. So uh, I've been doing two podcasts, and part of the reason is that uh, just the time crunch from doing both and trying to do a full time job and and uh, you know maintaining my public profile, which is very important. Actually, I have no public profile other than here. Probably one of my biggest time sucks is uh, writing all my dad jokes. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the episode, I do some dad jokes uh, at the end of each episode. And just coming up with those is, is crazy hard. I'm not as, as gifted. I write them all from scratch. If you've ever seen them anywhere on the internet, it's because they got them from me. Just saying. But anyway, um, so that's one thing is the time. Uh, and two is uh, we'll... Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Um, this, in the past, has has always been a very guest-driven podcast, for the most part. Um, we uh, you will usually try to get a guest on to talk about something in particular, whether it's something in view, whether it's tooling or the components or testing or DevRel. We've had people from anywhere from Evan Yu, the creator of View, in the first two episodes, to uh, Daniel Rowe and Guillaume from Nuxt, to Debbie O'Brien, who used to be with Nuxt, um, any number of people. And the problem that I'm running into more and more is just being able to get guests. Um, sometimes it is 
not hearing back from people. Sometimes it's just time that's needed to be able to contact people and say, hey, do you want to come on? Um, and uh, there are people that don't get back to you. There are people that do. And then even more, a little more of the darker side of the sausage is many times we've had guests that have scheduled and then they don't show up and you don't hear from them again. And I'll reschedule and they don't. So just a lot of things. And anybody who's done a podcast knows this. Um, Eric's done a podcast. He did his with uh, Dylan Israel, but yours was uh, pretty much just you two. I don't think you guys had guests so much as it was just the two of you talking. Yeah, if I remember yeah. I'd say any any podcast that you do, just like having multiple hosts is important because even hosts can't make it to all the time. Oh, heck yeah! But to you answer your question, yeah, it was just me and Dylan Israel. We had one called Self Taught or Not. Uh, we had a couple of guests, but mostly just us two. And it was hard to even between the both of us to get us scheduled, make sure that we had time for both of us to make it to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is, I mean, after doing this, this is probably about four years that I've been doing Views on View and JavaScript Jabber. Um, and I have immense respect, <laughs> so much respect for the big guys, the big well-known podcasts that can do it on a regular basis, weekly, twice weekly, whatever their schedule is, and not miss and have people schedule. You know, you look at uh, the ones I listen to, all the changelog ones, JS Party, changelog, um, syntax, probably world well-known, shop talk show. Um, a lot of these guys, for the most part, they tend to have two people that are always there and they talk. Like shop talk, it's just the two of them talking and occasionally they'll have a guest. Syntax, it's always the two of them, and they do a separate one with the guest, change log and just party. You know, a lot of have the guests, but the, the ability to do it consistently over a very, very, very long period of time is, is really amazing. And I've done it for four years, two podcasts, so I think I'm doing all right. Um, I can't, but, I, I, like going to, I'm just thinking about like syntax.fm. How, how do they get two pod? They do like, two or three podcasts a week now. They have right. one podcast that's a guest podcast. And now they have one or two where they're like a, a full length episode and then they have like smaller episodes. And I, can, I just imagine like the, the, the amount of work that takes in coordination to get that off the ground every single week and then not miss an episode. That's insane. Right. Yeah, they've talked about that. So they do... Uh, this isn't a paid advertisement, by the way. We're just talking out of them. Talking out of our own knowledge here but monday is what they call a hasty where it's like 20 minutes 10 15 20 minutes or so wednesdays is a fuller length hour episode and then fridays they added the um supper club where they have a guest to come on and talk about things now they're fortunate that they were able to build up their podcast to such an extent that they were basically bought by century and so now they don't have to maintain their own sites and have their day jobs and do the podcast they get a focus like really big on just doing the podcast, which is awesome. If you can build it up to the point where someone wants to buy you and let you do your thing, more power to you. <laughs> that takes a, that takes a lot. That really takes a lot. So anyway, there's that. Um, and like I said, I still have JavaScript Jabber that I get to do um, that we record every week with Dan Shapiro and AJ O'Neill and Chuck. Um, and uh, we have a great time. And, and uh, we've actually been ranked as one of the top JavaScript podcasts in in the state of JS survey I've seen in the past. So uh, we're up there for sure. You know, and another thing with, with keeping a podcast is uh, this is sort of a narrow um, subject matter, 
view is big and there's a lot, but if you, it's hard to find any other podcasts that are just on a specific language so much, you'll get web specific ones, you know, like uh, John Papa and Ward Bell when they left, they were on this podcast, or at least John was, and they left and started one that was just JavaScript and script, and then they renamed it to WebRush because it's more generic, allows them to cover more topics. Um, JS Party does, but again, that's JavaScript. It's not tied to a specific framework. So that makes it a little more difficult. Granted, there's a lot of topic out there, but you sort of put everything together uh, and it just makes it a little more difficult. Now, in our defense, uh, I, I've already forgotten where we're at. We're up 400 something, I think, in terms of uh, episodes. Or no, I'm sorry, 230. So we've done 230 episodes over four years and a lot of good content. Well, over five years, like 2018 was our first one, March 2018, right? Right, right, right. So... Um, I guess around five years. Right. So with that, I'd sort of like to, we'll go back and talk about the history. Just because part of the reason I wanted to have Eric on, other than I like to have him on anyway, is that he was here from the very beginning, long before I ever came around. Um, so it was at the initial, there was him and a guy named Chris Fritz who did, um, he was known, I knew him before this started from his Nux boilerplate repo. That was a uh, repo that if you were using Nux enterprise boilerplate, I think is what it was. Anyway, if you were using, having an enterprise type site, very large, very big, this was a boilerplate that you could download and had a lot of stuff pre-configured for you and stuff. So it was pretty cool. Um, and then... Uh, ben Hong, who is now at View Mastery, I've actually worked with him on the next course that I did for View Mastery. Um, and I think Divi was Divi on in the beginning. Divi yeah. her on. She she came on. I I can't remember what episode, but it feels like maybe twenty thirty episodes. In she was she was on. Right. It sort of went so like the first episode. It was Joe Eames that mm-hmm. did that hosted, and mm-hmm. he he's big in the Angular world. Very big. He has Thinkster.io. Uh, and he does some stuff at ngconf and actually little known fact i was on that episode but what happened was i was working a full-time job at the time and i had like some sort of meeting i can't remember uh and so i was i started on that episode the first episode and then i heard evan you speak because that was the first guest in the first episode and then i dropped off like five minutes later so the first episode i was technically uh, on and actually spoke was the second episode and and that one was getting started with Vue. And that was a really fun episode. I think it's still good to this day. And that was me, Chuck, and Joe. And we just talked about like what's the best way to get into Vue.js. And 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 I, oh Cher was on there too. Uh Cher, Cher Stewart. And we just talked about like what's the best what's the best way to get into to Vue. Uh we all kind of gave our little bit of histories of Vue. So that that was a fun episode to start on too. So I really like this episode. Uh, just to open up the kimono a little bit, Steve called me a couple days ago and just said, hey, this is what's happening. We're wrapping up uh, Views on View. Love to have you on the last episode. Of course, I said, absolutely, I'll be on. In fact, I've been telling Steve I'd love to be like a co-host for this show more regularly. Fortunately, because of my job, I can't... It's just a little, little bit hard to do like a full-time hosting gig, but being able to co-host occasionally was my goal and, and sad to see this this go, but I, I he was graceful enough to graciously allowed me to come on this last episode. And I think it's a good 
book ending because I was on the first and second episode and I'll be on this now last episode. But I also, I'll, I'll caveat this to say that this is a hiatus. Uh, we don't, ha- it's indefinite, but I could see maybe one day if, if there was uh, a big push that we might do another episode in the future. So you never know. I guess that that's a, what do you think about that, Steve? Well, like I was mentioning beforehand, if, if somebody wanted to make a, say, a GoFundMe or Patreon push, you know, <laughs> I could always be uh, incentivized, you know, to come back and, and do things that way. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, sometimes, you know, you leave things and you miss them. Miss them. It's like, dang, I wish I could uh, go back and do that. Uh, but we'll see. But what Chuck has allowed me to do, and sorry, I can't remember if I mentioned this, is that if I have you specific stuff, that I want to talk about, then I can bring them on JavaScript Jabber. Uh, and we can, I think that has a bigger audience. Um, not sure why. Well, I'm on both, so that explains it. But, <laughs> but seriously. Um, so I can bring on guests in and we can cover view stuff and and whatever. I have the flexibility there to do that as well. So, so it's not like this is going to uh, go away. But uh, anyway, that's the plan going forward. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me also kind of going back to what you're saying about the different hosts. We've gone through a lot, <laughs> a, a lot of different hosts on this podcast uh, through the years. Like, uh, like I said, it started off with Joe Eames and me, Chuck, but it then moved on to probably by episode four. Chris Fritz came on. Uh, Chris Fritz is awesome. He actually wrote wrote the forward for my book, my Vue.js in Action book. Oh, that's uh, right. And he wrote, he was very grace, uh, graceful, another grace, gracious, gracious, uh, gracious person. Uh, I had never met him. I just like cold emailed him and said, Hey, I'm writing a book on, on Vue.js. Would you be willing to write the forward for it? He said yes. And he wrote this like amazing forward for it. And uh, I'm really happy he did that. And so it was, and even John Papa came on, on the podcast. So for a while, it was just me, Chris Fritz. Uh, one thing I found working with Chris on this podcast in the first like 20 episodes was Chris knows so many people. Uh, I, I probably still to this day, but back then he knew all the core contributors. He was like basically a core contributor for Vue on the docs. So he knew mm, all the, right. all the core, all the Vue people. So he brought on Divya, uh, Daran, which is amazing developer. And and she became a co-host for a while. Uh, he, he was friends with Ben Hong, um, with uh, we just mentioned earlier from View Mastery, and he brought him on. And then, pretty much Ben, I think between like episode twenty to thirty, Ben was uh, a regular guest. Maybe it's actually after thirty. I know we kept on kind of rotating between some. Chris was at every single, pretty much every single episode for the first. I think almost like the first 40 or 50. But then after a while, he became really busy and then Ben really took over the hosting duties. And for those of you who have listened to Views on View for a long time, there is an episode, I don't, I can, I was trying to find it before we started, where I hosted by myself. And it was probably the worst episode of Views on View. (laughs) Um, So if anybody finds it, tweet me at ericch. Uh, I just remember being very nervous and being very robotic. And then there's one episode that it's just me and Ben Hong and I'm interviewing somebody and I and Ben's like, do you want to take over the uh, hosting duties? 
And I just, I'm pretty sure I did terrible at it because I was very uh, nervous and scared of doing it. Uh, so it, that that was interesting time. I think since then I've gotten much better, more comfortable on camera and in podcasts and watching people like Steve who does an amazing job at hosting multiple podcasts. But it, it took me a while to, to, to get that comfortable. But most of the time, Chris and Ben, they just did an amazing job of just carrying this podcast, especially for the first uh, 70, 80 episodes. They brought in Ari Clark and, and just amazing developers, really smart view people to come in and really help run this episode for almost 100 episodes. Yeah, it was just about 100. So uh, we were looking back and uh, my backstory, I think I've told this before back, if you go back to episode 91, which was the first episode where I came on, we sort of introduced in the panel. The previous panel had left um, for various reasons that had absolutely nothing to do with you. And it started their own podcast. And so uh, I had gotten into Chuck's uh, wheelhouse, shall we say, uh, made myself known because he, I would listen to JavaScript, Jabber, even Adventures in Angular back in the day when John Pop was on there and Joe Eames and Ward Bell. Um, and then I had gotten into view and I was so psyched when he saw this, uh, this podcast start out. And uh, one of the things that Chuck was doing was a sort of a cool podcast called My, My JavaScript Story. And it hasn't been around for a while. He did it for a while. And it, when he started out, it was just a way, sort of an interview. Tell me about your story, how you got into JavaScript, what you do, that kind of stuff. And he would usually do uh, guests, previous guests that he'd have on Java, had on JavaScript Jabber. Well, then he opened it up and he said, hey, if you're a developer and you want to come on and tell me about your story, then send me a you know, note through however I contacted him. I don't remember. If you want to talk about it. And I was like, boom, okay, yeah, I want to do this. So episode 74 of my JavaScript story is me talking about my humble beginnings back in uh, the days of BB6 and then PHP and MySQL and through the Drupal world and into JavaScript through Angular and so on. And uh, so I got to know him that way. And then I'd emailed him and said, hey, I love these panels, these episodes. I've done a podcast before, which I had done. Uh, years ago for a company called Acquia, which was founded by the Drupal uh, founder, Dries Boitart, and they're a main Drupal hosting company based out of Boston. And I loved doing that, and that was fun. And I said, hey, I've done this before. I'd like to do it again. Well, not too long after that, he emailed me, said, all right, you're on Views on View. <laughs> I just lost the panel. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he had me on, I think, JavaScript Jabber right about the same time. And so I went back and looked, and the very first episode I recorded was with a gal named Paige Niedringhaus, uh, JavaScript Jabber number 398. And she was talking about uh, the latest release of Node at the time, which was version 12. Um, and I knew nothing about Node <laughs> and uh, didn't know who she was. I was new to it. It is actually me and AJ on there, I think. And so she, fortunately, she had given me some notes ahead of time about the talking points she wanted to, to cover. And so I just sort of walked her through those and we talked and, and then I got more familiar. And then I started hosting uh, Views on View back on episode 91. Actually, before that, 
91 was where it was just me and then Lindsay. Lindsay was the main panelist for a while, and I was I was with Lindsay. Um, but before that, I had done done a few episodes before that sort of official introduction, and there were some some guests. Uh, Dean, I already forgot his name, um, who was from New Zealand, and a couple of guys. And since then, I have pretty much been the mainstay. Uh, through Views on View, because we had Lindsay and I first met. For instance, we met uh, Austin, Austin Gill. Uh, at the time, he was living in San Diego, and he had created a library called View Tensils, which is sort of a, a headless component type of thing. You know, unthemed, so you could drop them in, and then you can make them look a lot sort of like Tailwind's headless UI. And there's a lot of other tools that are out there now. Uh, that are headless and we liked him and had so much fun with him that we said hey do you want to come on as a panelist and he did for a while and then he moved up here to portland he actually lives here in portland uh now and i actually ran into him over the summer at a baseball game and uh anyway hit him for a while well then he decided to start his own podcast the function call uh with a buddy of his and i'm not sure if he's still doing it but i know he's around now he's a devrel at uh, akamai uh, doing real well there. He's I see him out in public quite a bit. I've seen some of his blog posts on Hacker News up near the top. Uh, so yeah, super super smart guy. I met him at a conference just just this year, uh, and yeah, he knows his he brilliant guy. He 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 actually I see his Twitter threads and he just breaks down things and yeah, definitely superb developer. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Uh, we've had other. Um, I want to go back before we go too far in okay. the future. I kind of want to go back a second. Okay. Uh, I will I will call out um we've had guests and hosts on this podcast that have created their own podcasts. Uh Views on View uh is our podcast, but Enjoy the View was like an amazing like spin-off. I I I like to call it a spin-off podcast. Obviously they're doing their own thing, but they created this really cool podcast called Enjoy the View and it's all about um Vue.js, they went, I think they, they ended up stopping the podcast last year. But if you guys want to go kind of like nostalgia, there's still great episodes, still great interviews with them. I, I would check that out. Enjoy the view. Uh, and, and they had, it, first it was Ben Hong and, and Chris Fritz and Ari Clark. Uh, but I think by the end, they had kind of a new panel of people, uh, including, uh, let me see here. I'm going to get the names wrong. I'm looking at their website, but. It's enjoythevue.io, right? Yep, enjoythevue.io. Uh, Alex Rivera, I just met him at a conference the other day. Uh, and just another really, really strong view developer, nice guy. Uh, Tessa as well. So yeah, All if right. you guys want to check that out too, I just want to give a, a shout out to those guys because they, they did a great, great job too. Yeah, it looks like they went on hiatus as of June of 2022, according to their last episode, episode 93. So they got 93 episodes. But uh, anyway, so back to host, we've had Lindsay at Austin. We had a guy named Raymond Camden for a little bit. Um, there's a guy, Simon, I think he was in Nigeria that we tried to have on a couple of times, but it was a timing or connection issues. It, it was really difficult and ended up, you only know, did a few episodes. Um, but it was Lindsay and I for the longest time. And then, um, well, I'm brain farting the different people. I've had stuff like uh, Drew Baker. Uh, Drew was a ton of fun. He's an Aussie. Uh, that was he runs an agency in Los Angeles, um, Funkhouse. And I think it was named after his co-founder. 
F-U-N-K-H-A-U-S had a German spelling, but they did some really slick websites for, uh, you know, Hollywood type people looking for agencies, talent agencies or stuff like that. He was a ton of fun uh, to have on, but that dude's a world traveler. He's in Australia and then he's living in Europe and then he's back here. And, and, uh, but he was a lot of fun. And then, um, had Cody a little while ago. Uh, he wasn't able to be on for very long for, I guess, similar, uh, reasons for me dropping. He's just had busier, more things to focus on. Um, so that was unfortunate cause I liked him cause and he brought in some really good guests too. Uh, recently I had David Neal, uh, for those of you who listened to the past two or three episodes, David, uh, he goes by Reverend Geek and I had heard it initially heard of him on the WebRush podcast, uh, with John Papa and, and those guys, guys, and what had brought him to their attention, what I brought him to my attention was how he learned to draw to make his, uh, technical presentations much more engaging at, um, uh, technical conferences where he's talking about JavaScript type stuff. And if you listen to a story about all the hours he spent where he, he's like at the beginning, he was like me and that I have trouble drawing a stick figure and he was the same way, but he learned after following people and practicing and practicing. He definitely has a unique style now. And what's really cool about David is he also appreciates dad jokes so much that he published a book recently of 360 is it a book or a calendar. I can't remember. 365 days of dad jokes. And the story was that he just started drawing and he said, you know what? I like dad jokes. I'm going to start illustrating one a day and I'm going to do it for a couple of weeks. And he eventually did it for a whole year and, and created his book. So I've had him come on. Big white uh, beard guy, right? Yeah. I was, think ZZ Top. No exaggeration. <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. If you look at the streams, on YouTube of my my episodes with him, he's got the big old beer uh, glasses, and he's it's my so- opposite. He's probably the opposite of me and Eric. He is one of the quietest, mellowest people. So we made a great <laughs> made a great offset for me. <laughs> I haven't listened to the episode, but I did meet him at ViewConf, and exactly like you said, like very uh, very mellow. Uh, he was very great. He was very nice. He told me. I asked him some tips. He's been a developer advocate forever. So I asked him some like tips for developer advocacy. And he, yeah, awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. He used to do, he's, he's job, main job now is he's working at a startup doing data science stuff, you know, big, large sets of data and data science and stuff that would make me go to sleep, I think. But, uh, and he still does view and JavaScript outside of that. But for years, he was a JavaScript guy. So, you know, he's he's liking that and still doing his drawing and, and presentations and stuff like that. But a real great guy. And he was sort of bummed about this just because he'd just come on and, and he was real conscientious like him. He was, hey, we got an episode today and, you know, what are we going to talk about and that kind of stuff. Real great guy. A lot of fun. So, yeah, that's it for the, for the panelist side of things and our history with panelists. Just some very knowledgeable people that uh, I always joke that when the when the guests come on that uh, once they've been on here, then they're going to be famous, much more famous. And <laughs> it's definitely a joke. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's been fun to, you know, see where people have left here and, and gone off and, and done other things in, in the view community. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Steve. Maybe you were going to go down this road, but is there any, I think I, I know one first, what's, what has been your favorite guest? If you could pick one, 
over the last 200 episodes? And what's your favorite episode over the last, you know, 200 that you've been on? Actually, that's exactly where I was going was, okay, we've talked about the <laughs> panelists. So let's talk about the guests. Um, you know, one of the things my boss told me when I've been a hiring person in positions, I like to hire people that are smarter than me, which isn't difficult. And the same is true with the guests that we have on. Um, I like to get people that really know their stuff and then I can interview and ask questions about. And and some of the guests I've have, have, have had on have been just amazing. Um, if you look at back, I've met some really cool people that to this day I still keep in touch with, Eric being one of them. Um, probably one of the more... Two of the more common guests that have frequent guests have come from the next world, believe it or not. Uh, one is Debbie O'Brien and one is Daniel Rowe. Uh, Debbie is now at Microsoft and she's in charge of Playwright. I think Deb Rell, or I can't remember what her exact position is, but that their thing is Playwright, which is a testing framework like Cypress, a front end testing framework. Um, but the, <laughs> I've talked to her three times. Lindsay and I talked to her a couple times. Um, and every time she's had a different job. So the first time we talked to her, she lives in, and she lives on the island of, of Mallorca. It's a Spanish island, I believe. She's Irish, but she lives on a Spanish island. Um, and she's really a hoot. She's got a thick Irish accent. She's a ton of fun to talk to. But the first time she was working for Nuxt itself. And then the second time she had left Nuxt and was working for a company and she was having to learn React. And then the third time was when she was working for Microsoft. And so we were talking about Playwright uh, and that testing framework. And if you ever go into the uh, Playwright uh, Discord channel, she's there. She's all over the place. She's making an announcement, you know, talking to help. So she's a lot of fun. And then Daniel Rowe uh, was the other guy. And now he, since I started talking to him, and maybe this correlation, I'm not sure, he's become like the top guy in the next organization. Uh, you know, knows everything about Nuxt and what's going on. And he is, he's sort of like uh, David Neal in that he's very quiet, very, you know, talks a lot slower than me, uh, explains things really well, super friendly. Um, he lives in, I think he's in London. Um, but I had him on three different times. And that was the times that I had him on, I had Drew Baker on as well. And so what you had was these two guys that knew Nux really super well. And I just sat back and let those guys talk <laughs> because Drew's going, well, you can do this and this and this. And Daniel's like, well, yeah, yeah, you can. You can do this and this. And I'm like, sounds good, guys. <laughs> I just let yeah. you guys talk. And I'm just going to sit back here and throw in a joke here and there and ask some questions because I had some really basic uses of Nux, but, but not, not nearly to their level. Um, so Danny was always fun. I, anytime I'd ping him in, in, uh, discord, I was like, Hey, you want to come on? Yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, I, even when I was developing my next class or view mastery, he helped me out quite a bit and spent like an hour with me, you know, explaining how to do things. And I ended up incorporating what he showed me into that course for sure. Um, but probably, uh, there's a few other episodes we'll talk about later, but to answer your question. The famous favorite person and, well, favorite episode. Favorite episode for me was the one I did about a year ago with Taylor Otwell of Laravel. And the reason is that, you know, over the past three years, uh, I've 
been dealing with Laravel for my day job. It's a very huge, huge, huge view Laravel MongoDB Elasticsearch app. Uh, it's called GovTribe, and it's a tool for government contractors finding government contracts. Um, so it's sort of a niche thing. But I had been getting into Laravel. And so um, I've been a couple years in, and I said, hey, let's see if I can get Taylor Otwell. What the heck? And I'll, I'll tell this story. There was actually two, uh, him and one other person who was very big in the develop, I'll just say development community. I reached out to at the same time. And this first person, uh, I bugged. I was being very insistent. He didn't get back to me. And then I bugged him one too many times. And he let loose on Twitter. He says, if I don't get back to you, it's because I'm too busy. And I was like, okay, I won't bug you anymore. But Taylor was like, uh, yeah, that'd be great. That sounds like fun. When do you want to do it? I said, okay. So we scheduled it and, and he showed up. And what was funny, I forgot there was one other host. I got to mention Luke Diebold. And Luke lives in, used to live in Australia, very big in the Quasar community. He's a real big developer with Quasar, which is a view-based, uh, I guess, a sort of a component library. I haven't worked with it myself very much. Um, we've talked about it. That was how we first got met Luke was talking about Quasar. And part of the reason Luke was unable to continue hosting was that it was like three in the morning, his time or four in the morning or something like that, Australia time. And it was just too much for him to get up that early for our recording time. And so he dropped off and I was like, I was bummed because he's a hoot. Luke is fun. If you ever go back and listen to his episodes, he's very upbeat and excited. He's got his Aussie accent, which I love. And, and uh, we think of some great questions. Um, but he had dropped off for a while. And so we have an internal system, you know, like emails and notifications when a new episode is scheduled, we'll get emails. And apparently he was still on it. So uh, I got the, and he was a big Laravel user as well. And so once I got Taylor's okay and I scheduled it within five minutes, dude, Taylor, I was on, can I come on? Can I join too? Yeah, yeah, sure, Like That'd be great. Luke, we'd love to have you. So uh, we recorded that episode. And at the very beginning, I, I sort of told all that story about Luke jumping on, even though he, you know, at three in the morning just for Taylor Otwell. And Taylor sort of laughed it. But part of the reason I wanted to bring Taylor on was partially because of Laravel and, and just how ubiquitous it is in the PHP community. But also, um, he does a lot of view stuff. Um, and he was incorporating view into Laravel um, distributions. And uh, in fact, when I had, uh, when I had, was Googling for view stuff, a lot of times I'd find stuff, I'd find stuff on another site called Laracas, a guy named Jeffrey Way. And then I, Taylor's name and Laravel was always coming up in the middle. I was like, That's interesting. So we got to talk to him about the whole history of Laravel and, and how he got into view. And I forgot there's a, uh, a famous tweet that he made where he basically said, it was really short and he said, React is too confusing. I'm going to look at Vue. <laughs> and people are like, oh, really? Okay. And they started checking out Vue. And so now it's pretty tightly coupled um, in that they have distributions like Jetstream and Breeze that you can use with Inertia.js, another topic I've talked about quite a bit on Vue. Um, that I use myself quite extensively. And so it's really awesome that you can uh, download uh, download a, a Laravel distribution like Breeze that has Inertia and Vue.js and it's all wired up and you just jump in and start coding and go from there. And it, and it has 
all the built-in uh, user authentication and verification stuff for you, so you don't have to throw that in. Great, but that was that was the only episode, and I don't know why it was because he was a super nice guy. Where I was actually sort of nervous when I started talking to him, a little little jittery for whatever reason. But once we got talking, uh, we had a great time. So that's probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking looking over the the guest list that I've had, you know, I remember. One of the things I like doing is debugging. And there's a gal named Cecilia Martinez who was, she gave talks at UCOMP on debugging. And so we got to have her on and talk about uh, debugging uh, different things, different people that have written, you know, blog posts or uh, people who have startups that are used, you know, view quite a bit. Uh, and one other side of the guest that I'm thinking of now is I always used to joke that we're an international podcast because not like any other podcast isn't, but you know, I've talked to people from Africa, from India, from Asia, from Mexico, from, you know, the U S from Australia, you name it. And so it's, you know, that's been a great thing for me to learn. And I end up bookmarking stuff later. Oh, that is cool. I yeah, really like the, that. I, I didn't realize, and I've obviously realized since, but there's such an international audience review users. Like there's, they're just all over the world. Like you're probably one of your favorite open source maintainers probably doesn't live in the US. I think it, I probably, I want to say it has a bigger audience overseas than the US. It could be. Yeah, it could be for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at this, it's sort of blurs together after about four years. Oh, here's another one that I've had on a couple of times, two or three is John Leader. Uh, mm, John, he's on my list too. Obviously. Yeah, he, he runs uh, Beautify. If anybody knows the Vue component library specifically designed for Vue, uh, and I have used it on projects in the past, um, it's really pretty slick, and so it's been fun to have him on two or three times um, just to talk about um, what's going on with Beautify with their updates, and I know in particular the uh, uh, the upgrade to Vue three, they where they did a complete and total gutting and rewrite has taken longer than he would have liked with some of the, uh, especially with complex things like data tables and some of the other components, but had him on two or three times. Uh, and he's been always a great guy to talk to. He's, he told me, I remember the first time we interviewed him, um, it's been two or three years, and he told me, yeah, I got, I deal, I got ADHD, so uh, you, know, you, got to, you might have to cut me off because I'll keep going and going, and it was true. <laughs> I just sat back that first episode and asked him a few questions and let him go. And he talked and talked and, and it, it was great. You know, a lot of fun to sit and listen to, to both backstories about the developer, you know, mm -hmm. journeys as well as the products themselves. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that float to the top of my mind. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in with a few myself. I, I definitely double down on John leader. Uh, I feel like I'm a broken record, but this year I actually finally got to meet a lot of my view heroes in person. <laughs> so I just met him. I, I met him in 2019 or maybe it was 2020, but I didn't really talk to him. But this time I got to talk to him and everything you said, I, I agree with. Uh, great guy. And I really like Beautify. Uh, so another person I, in the early days, I was on a podcast uh, of Use on View podcast with Chuck and Divya, and we interviewed Natalia Tapolini. It's episode 52. 
and it would she is a core contributor to the docs team for Vue.js. She's also a principal engineer at GitLab right now. And it was just really interesting to see her perspective. She was talking about Vue Vixens, Slack channel, uh, just everything in the Vue ecosystem that she's been doing. And, and she does tons of different conference talks and things like that. So that, that was a, a highlight. Uh, another one is Maria Lombardo. Uh, Lombardo and we got to interview her in episode 51. Uh, that was me, Chuck, and Chris Fritz. And, and another, she's really into accessibility. She did a really good talk at ViewConf Toronto. She talked all about accessibility. But it was nice to uh, you know have a different perspective on accessibility. There's so It's just an interesting episode. If you want to learn about accessibility, it, I would go back to that episode 51. And then also uh, Sarah Drasner. So I, I have a, uh, I have always looked up to Sarah for years. She's really big in the Vue community. Now she is, I think she's like a director at Google. And we, it's, um, I actually had, at one time, I had reached out to her. So what, in the early process of writing a book, when I was writing my Views on Vue book, not Views on Vue, my uh, Vue JS in action, <laughs> not not the podcast book. Vue.js in action, uh, you, they ask you for to do a forward. And I already said Chris Fritz ended up doing it. But originally, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody, or at least not publicly. I wanted Sarah... Breaking Drasner, news, you heard it here first. <laughs> I wanted Sarah Drasner to do the, the forward for the book. And I had never met Sarah. And I had no connections. And I just kind of basically went to her website and filled out the contact me section. And she had gone back to me and she had me send her the book and she was just so busy. Like uh, she couldn't, she didn't have time to do it. And then I got Chris Fritz. Uh, I ended up contacting Chris Fritz because uh, Sarah was busy and couldn't write the forward. Uh, and she had wrote me, I, right before she went on the podcast, uh, we interviewed her. I, I emailed her. I think I, I think my memory is correct. It's been a long time, but I emailed her and I said, oh, by the way, I'm the guy that kind of messaged you uh, a year ago, a couple of years, uh, a while ago, asking you to write the forward for my book. Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so busy during that time. I couldn't make, I couldn't write the forward, but you know, that's awesome. You created a book. She was like so support, supportive and just really, just really nice about it all. And I'm like, oh, no problem. You know, thank you. You don't have to apologize. Uh, and she was great. And then we got to interview her. And I think at the time, John Papa was her boss. So, uh, <laughs> so John Papa like messaged her and like, oh, by the way, you have a, a podcast. And then she jumped on. Uh, and she's and just she, she has just a really interesting story. She's done tons of stuff in the Vue ecosystem. I think she's she used to be a core contributor for Vue, and then I, I believe she gave it up when she went to Google. Uh, and she knows Chris Fritz and stuff too. So. They have a background. But that's another one I would check out. It's episode 29, just to listen to her story and what she's done in the view ecosystem and what she likes about it and doesn't like about it. So I'll throw this out. I'd say the most memorable episode, and I've definitely, I had a period between like episode 91 when Steve was on to, I don't know, 230. I wasn't on at all. I had taken a break 
I was doing my own podcast. <clears throat> but in the early days, and I, I talked to Ben about this, and he didn't even remember this, but on episode 37, it was, it was the t- episode title was ViewX, ViewPress, and Nux with Benjamin Hong. And that was, we actually interviewed Benjamin before he was a host for Views on View. And we had all actually met up. So we got invited. I don't remember exactly the everything that happened, but all three of us, uh, Divya, Chuck, me, and Chris Fritz were all in, in Utah at the same time for a conference. Uh, and we were at Park City, Utah. And this is when, I think it was called like the front-end developer conference or something like that. I don't think they have it anymore. And Chris Fritz was speaking and Divya was speaking. And then I had my work pay for it to just to go to it. I'm in Reno, Nevada. So it wasn't that far of a flight to get there. And so we all met and we met Chuck. And then he brought all his podcast equipment. And then we found like a, a spot upstairs in this hotel where they were doing the the conference. We found a room. I don't even think we asked anybody. We just kind of walked into this room. Uh, and we set up all the the microphones and podcast equipment. And then we just were like in a little, I, I, I still remember it. We were just in a, a bunch of chairs and around a table and we just did the podcast in person. And that was the one, probably the first and only time I've done a, a podcast in person. Mm-hmm. And it was just so fun, like being in person with everybody, like chit-chatting, talking about the conference. Uh, and then we zoomed in and we zoomed in Benjamin Hong and it was just like the most funniest episode I remember. We're just, he was just so funny. We're all just breaking up laughing. Uh, I think we even ate, I think we even ate lunch together later. So it was just so cool to have everybody in the same room together doing a podcast. And so that, that's, that's my most memorable one. And then later on, Ben became a full-time panelist host. Yeah. I was looking, just going back through and looking at, uh, some of the other guests, another one that stands out to me was Valery Karpov, Val Karpov. Now, he's primarily known as uh, the maintainer of Mongoose, which is the node ORM for MongoDB. Uh, and he's been doing that for a while. But he's also a Vue user, and he's always uh, he's very knowledgeable on uh, promises and async await. And he's actually written a book um, on a little, I can't remember if it was a little book. I think I have it. Uh, but Super nice guy, very fun to talk to, uh, very knowledgeable. He also he runs a, a newsletter and a website. I think it's Mastering JS. Um, and I know he's got like a job board that I've used in the past when my company has been uh, hiring somebody. Um, but uh, yeah, he was had him on JavaScript Jabber uh, well as well. Excuse me. Um, yeah, he has a asyncAwait.net, Mastering asyncAwait, which is if you're done anything in javascript you know all about async await and and promises um also known as the code barbarian that's right so he's the code barbarian have they ever done uh, i know you've you've hosted this podcast for a few years did they ever go back i know covid kind of messed things up but did they ever try to do like live podcasts ever again with all, everybody in the same room or did you ever go fly down to utah and meet chuck or no the only i have met chuck one time in person mm-hmm. and that was because the only reason was because he was flying through portland um he was going somewhere or coming somewhere i don't remember what he was doing 
but he had a layover at the airport for a while and it's not too far from me. So I went out and sat down with him and talked and got a picture it's on Twitter somewhere if you want to search my Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's the only time I've actually met Chuck. I did meet I was JavaScript Jabber. Yeah, he hasn't we I have never done one in person, <laughs> to be honest. All the podcasts. I'm going to I'm gonna come to Portland. We're going to do it in person. Oh, heck yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> I want to go to ViewComp so bad. Um, I know every single year, I think I mentioned this podcast before. I'm like, Steve, are you in ViewComp? He's like, no, I'm not going. Well, and he works in View every, he's worked, he's like been a View developer for like 20 years. Yeah. I used to and go yeah. to DrupalCon every year, but then my companies <laughs> would pay for it. So <laughs> now to be honest, in 2019, was it 19? Yeah. I was working at a pretty huge corporation and it was mostly Drupal development at the time. And I was trying to drag them kicking and screaming into the view world uh, with Nux with the site we were doing because I was sick of dealing with PHP caching and, and that kind of stuff. And they had agreed and I had tickets bought and scheduled for ViewComp in Orlando, including a workshop with Evan Yu. And then um, through a chain of events, I ended up leaving the company before the uh, and didn't get a go, and I was so bummed. It was uh, I was really looking forward to that one being one in Orlando, two getting to do the the workshop with Evan, and three I just love conferences because of the hallway track. Um, mm. You know, there's times where conferences I've gotten some really good technical stuff from sessions, uh, but the hallway track and meeting people in person and sitting in developer rooms and hashing stuff out with the maintainer of something you're using was was always awesome. And I've heard that talk, you know, you and I talked about that mm-hmm. here not too long ago with, about your recent uh, ViewConf and how that's important. So yeah, I've missed it. And then I'd been bugging my boss. Yeah, we got to set it in the budget. Okay, next year comes around. Okay, can we put it in the budget? No, we're not going to have enough money. We're cutting back and we've had some layoffs and stuff. So, so no, yeah, it just hasn't worked out myself and I've been too cheap to pony up for it on my own. Now, if they do one here in Portland or something close, I could I could deal with that. For sure, I think you could do a talk. Like you're, you have so many experiences. I bet you can put together a talk and be in stage. Yeah, I suppose I probably could if I if I thought about it. I've done conference presentations before, uh, back mm-hmm. in my Drupal days on things like Apache Solar and <clears throat> which is Elasticsearch uh, type thing. But uh, yeah, that would be fun. I'd have to. I could possibly do that. That would be fun for sure. But no, nothing in person yet. That's one thing I'm learning, just like doing this podcast, uh, being on with you the last, you know, few last year, uh, and and at the beginning, it's just the community, just like all the amazing people in the community, and then getting to to meet the community virtually on this podcast or in person at conferences. It, it, I'm just definitely finding like that human interaction is just awesome, and and I, I I'll take I'll take meeting people over the podcast. But I think there's nothing more. You can't. It's there's nothing beats just meeting someone in person. Uh, and obviously, we can't do that with the the the, the way this podcast works. But uh, it's definitely something I'm I'm enjoying more and more as being a developer advocate and traveling around and meeting people. Oh yeah, for sure. Now I do remember listening to before I came on. There was an episode where Chris was hosting, and he was in the room with somebody. And he was like, first time, you know, first time we've ever met. And they were in the room recording together. And I don't. Yeah, was that was that the one I just mentioned? It might have been. I thought it was just him and one other person. No, I don't think so. I think it was him and one other person. Uh, it okay. wasn't the whole group of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our, ours was a whole group. Was. 
I think Chris traveled a little bit too, and he he was very dedicated to get because uh, um, he also did tons of conference talks review back then. Uh, I got to look up Chris. I wonder what he's doing. I'd love to like catch up with him. Yeah, I know. I remember. I do remember when he stepped down from the View Docs team. He'd made a blog post, I think, about it, or a tweet or something along those lines. Mm. Um, I remember when he stepped down, and I think it was just like a lot of people, time constraints, you know, and yeah, uh, and he was a pretty big contributor there. But that's been two or three years. I used to, I was mentioning to you before, um, it seems like a lot of people have gone through and worked for Netlify <laughs> at one point <laughs> yeah. or another, like Sarah Drasner and Divya and, and stuff. And so when I was at Fluke and I was trying to get them to use Nuxt, I had actually set up a, I did a conference call with them, with their salespeople and with Divya um, just to talk about what would be involved in hosting our company's site on, on Netlify using Nuxt. Uh, so that was the one time I've actually talked to her in person. Yeah, it feels like for a while, like you wanted to get a guest on for views on view, you would contact someone that worked at Nellify. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess, I don't know if there's a company like that equivalent. Nellify kind of changed. I heard they went to more of an enterprise focus. Uh, yeah, so seems that way. Who did they buy? Didn't they just buy somebody? They bought, I thought they bought, uh, gosh, it was like that GraphQL. View wasn't Gridsum, was it? No, no, Gridsum. Gridsum never really got that big. It never really took off. Gridsum was supposed to be View's answer for uh, Gatsby. Right. Anyways, yeah, they they did definitely buy a company, but I, I'm pretty sure that they are now completely on the enterprise track. Like literally on their front page, it says Netlify is the modern development for enterprise. So I don't think they're they still offer some offerings for like a hosting for smaller companies, but I think they're mostly focusing on enterprise now. Yeah, I actually have, I think my own site that I haven't paid attention to in years um, is uh, hosted on Netlify. Yeah, yeah. At the, I think they've kind of switched over to that. But yeah, but it still looks like they still have some hosting on there, which by the way, we do have hosting. Nuxt, we just released Nuxt hosting on AWS Amplify. So here's a plug. That's called a shameless plug. Yeah, SSR hosting. Yeah, well, we we talk about that in a minute when we get to, to picks and that kind of thing. Uh, and the most important part of the podcast, of course, dad jokes. Um, but yeah, that's everything I can think about. Uh, it's oh, one of the things I I got to think about this morning uh, when I was uh, I was going back and listening two parts of the first episodes where I came on and I had a crap microphone. I was, <laughs> it was so bad. And I don't have the, um, you know, the bandwidth or money to do like some of the, you know, like the syntax guys and they talk for hours about their offices and how they soundproof everything. And this is the camera and this is the mic. Uh, I had, I think I initially had, what was I using? Oh, I had one that I had used at a previous site. It was like a Uniden or something like that. And then on recommendation from somebody else on a panel, I had gotten the Blue Yeti uh, microphone. And that was okay. My problem is that my office is here in the corner of my house. I have really high ceilings um, and just regular walls. And so the sound can be very bright. And so with the Yeti, the sound was okay. Uh, it wasn't as good as I would have liked. 
And so after I did some research and then I went and bought this microphone, the Shure uh, MB7, which is the USB version of the SM7B, which is a really well-known famous mic through the recording industry. The example I always heard is it was the one Michael Jackson used and I've seen it used by other hosts. So uh, with this mic, I compared to how I sounded when I first came on and I sounded like I was in a cave somewhere. This is, I sound better, not as good as I would like, but uh, certainly a lot better than, than what I sounded like way back when. You never did a, uh, you never did a tech episode, like what I, how you record these episodes and how oh. equipment you use. Have you ever done an episode like that? No, probably because I would have enough to talk for about two minutes. <laughs> I mean, really, I had, I can remember when I first started doing podcasts, and I'll tell a funny story for Acquia. Uh, back then, so this was 2005. No, 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 no. 2011, I think, 2012, somewhere around there. And um, back then I used Skype and Audio Hijack. And so the way it worked was um, I would talk over Skype and Audio Hijack could... Um, capture both streams separately, right? And then uh, there's a guy at Acquia that I worked with who had been a professional sound engineer in the past, and he gave me a GarageBand template. And so I would drag the uh, these audio tracks from uh, Audio Hijack into GarageBand to separate tracks and sync them up, and you know, edit them and, and do some things here and there, and throw in an intro and an outro, and and then I could publish it from there in one of the i i want to say it was the second episode i recorded of that podcast i did with the guy his name is robert douglas he's real big in the drupal community he was in germany at the time and we were talking about apache solar and that was my real big thing was incorporating search into drupal sites so we recorded for like an hour and and, you know, you have to go in and make sure that everything's turned on in both places. So I get to the end, end of the episode and I realize, oh, crud, I recorded myself, but not Robert. <laughs> so I had to contact Robert and say, uh, Robert, um, sorry, uh, could we do that again? <laughs> and he was he was kind enough. He said, okay, but this is the last time I'm doing it. <laughs> that, that, was, that was Views on View? No, this was the Acquia podcast. This is when I Acquia. first started podcasting. Got it. it. Has you have you ever had to have you had have you ever had tech problems to the point where you had to cancel the interview or stop the interview halfway through or like at the end you couldn't use it? Mm. No, I don't think since then I have had that issue. So once we started uh, when we first when I first started with JavaScript Jabber and Views on View, we were using Zoom. Uh, to record and there was i can't remember how the the what the setup was on the other side i the side note one of the benefits about doing this stuff is that chuck takes care of all the technical stuff and all the marketing and the editing and all that stuff i just have to record which has made it nice and even then it's still a time suck <laughs> but uh um we were using zoom and then somehow uh, they would record from there and they would take that in editing. And then we went to Riverside, uh, which is a was a pretty well-known podcasting app. I'd hear other podcasts talk about using it. And the most awesome thing about Riverside was the sound effects. I was like, yes, because I had my rim shot 
that I could use my jokes. And there's some laughter and there's some other ones I'd throw those in. It was so much fun just playing with that. And Riverside was cool in that the way it works is that it uh, records locally in your browser right. instead of recording over. And then at the end of the episode, it uploads uh, to the Riverside servers. And and if there's always an upload uh, status and you didn't want to leave before it had finished uploading, but if you did, they'd send you an email, hey, go to this URL so we can finish uploading your stuff to wherever Riverside. Um, and then they started charging. So you guys... Went to another service. Yeah, I'm not sure about the money side of things. I know it was a lot cheaper. So now we moved past two months. We moved to one called StreamYard, and that's yeah. what makes that's how we're doing the live streaming over the video. Um, and we supposedly have the sound effects because Chuck said he asked specifically about it, but I haven't been able to find it, and I haven't contacted them to. I keep saying that every week, and I have yet to actually do it and contact. How do I get my sound effects in here? Yeah, StreamYard's um, great. I use StreamYard all the time. Oh, do you? Works great. I, though, I'm surprised, though, like you've been lucky. Because when I was running my podcast, every now and then we would get a guest that just was on the most terrible internet connection in the middle of nowhere, like a string. And it, they would either cut in and out or we'd have to turn off their video and like reduce as much bandwidth as we can. Mm-hmm. And you would almost hear every other word. But I guess you got lucky that that the tools that you used didn't have well, any messages. For Zoom, what we would do when we were in Zoom, I remember having to do this is we would have to shut off our video mm. um, because we weren't live streaming it either. So it was just, you know, recording it. Um, but that we could shut up and that would save bandwidth because you're not uploading and downloading all the video. We had to do that with Riverside. The one person we had an issue with was Dan Shapiro um, in JavaScript Jabber. Dan Shapiro, S H A P P I R. He's in mm. Tel Aviv, Israel. And mm. he had a really cruddy internet connection it was pretty bad and so what we would do in riverside is we would you can pause the upload so it just sits there and records locally and isn't uploading as you record uh, and that would help out quite a bit and then when we stopped recording then it would automatically upload from there and it was pretty cool um and but then he got fiber finally <laughs> at his place so now it's not an issue so much anymore but that was how we got around those issues but nice. yeah of course i think I want to say there was one episode where something happened and we couldn't use it. I don't remember what it was, but so I can't. there's there's a so there is in the archives a views on view episode that has never been released. I don't think it was views on view. I think it was JavaScript Jabber. I think uh, I cannot remember what it was <laughs> and how we did you it. You heard it here first. It. There's a secret JavaScript yeah, Jabber right. <laughs> episode that no one has ever heard of, unreleased. One day it's maybe in, the, the archives they'll release it. Right, yeah. So when I die, they'll release it posthumously. It's like you know? a Doctor Who. Like, yeah, there you, you go. Know, they, they have like episodes from the seventies and sixties that they that have been lost. Oh, really? I didn't. Know. I've never watched and, Doctor Who, so I yeah. So like this. back in the day, like it, Doctor Who was in BBC, and they mm-hmm. would re-record over the tapes that they used to record oh, the episodes. Oh, so wow. like, there's a whole bunch of episodes that were lost, and some only have audio, and then some are like completely gone. And some have been recreated like in animation form. Oh, in animation form? And that has to be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's just been around, what, four decades? It's yeah, been a yeah. crazy amount of time, right? They just keep changing who plays the doctor. Yeah, I think it was released the week, at, week before JFK was assassinated in 1963. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Sort of yeah. like the Dread Pirate Roberts, you know, in, in Princess Bride, where just a new person is playing. The Dread Pirate Roberts now. And the old ones are tired and living like a king in Patagonia. 
Right. So we're about a little over an hour. So I guess it's time to wrap this one up for now. Yeah, I think um, we could wax nostalgia for another hour, but I guess uh, people probably wouldn't want to hear us right. all day long talking. Well, you could always just hit pause and come back for it next time you're in the car or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll get to picks. Picks are the part of the show where we get to talk about uh, whatever we want um, within reason, of course. Uh, this is where I always throw in my dad jokes. And once in a while, I'll have a pick of something like that. Um, I think one of the things I'm going to pick is that I keep being amazed at, and I don't have a particular blog post or anything, is if you look at some of the images that are coming out of the James Webb Space Telescope, the successor to Hubble, they are amazing. I mean, we thought Hubble was good when Hubble first came out. And I remember the Hubble telescope, they had issues with their lens and it got delayed and they had to do some crazy repair missions. And those were good, but the James Webb Telescope is just unreal some of the clarity and the beautiful pictures. I saw a post, uh, an article today somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, about a new star that they had discovered that was in the process of being born. And, you know, that takes a lot of time. So that's just been one of the really awesome uh, technology, things in technology that have come out lately that are really uh, making an impact. Um, now for my dad jokes, you're going to have to imagine the rim shot. I'm sorry, I don't have it here. David was giving me rim shots the other day. That was cool when I was last week when I was talking. Um, there you go. So I'll do more than three. I'll do a couple more this time being the last episode. Um, you know, people say they, they pick their nose. Gross, I know. I tell my son, please. But I feel like I was born with mine. Right. I didn't get to pick it. Uh, this morning, my wife said, why the heck is the refrigerator full of stir fry? Said so sorry, I must have been sleepwalking again. All right. Um, the other day, I showed my son a photo of me. And I said, "This was taken seven years ago." He said, "Wow, you haven't aged a day." I said, "Really?" He said, "Really?" I'd say more like three or four decades. <laughs> and That's then, um, right? Oh, I cracked this. This one cracked me up partially because both my my kids have been restaurant servers. Uh, so I went to dinner the other night and my food came. I asked the waiter to come over and I said, why are there pennies in my soup? And he walked over and he whispered, you said you would stop eating here if there wasn't some change in the food. <laughs> so good. It's like, waiter, there's a fly in my soup, except waiter, there's change in my soup. <laughs> so that's what I got. What do you have, Eric? All right. Uh, I'm just going to same shamelessly plug uh, because I spent all of last week at AWS reInvent, which is the big conference that AWS puts on. And we had a whole bunch of new announcements. And I, I think my most favorite one out of all of them, well, there's two. One is Amazon Q, which is our code completion tool. If you guys have used uh, Code Whisperer and with VS Code, that's oh, yeah. a neat plugin that you can add for free that you can do code completion. And then Amazon Q is our like business version of that. So it has some really neat features. Like one of the biggest ones a lot of people like to see is we had a demo of upgrading an app from like Java 14 to Java 18. And it actually listed out the steps and it showed everything to do and all the steps to do it. And you can actually just click yes and it just does the upgrade for you. Uh, it also does remediation te- steps and looks for security vulnerabilities. Uh, so it has a lot of features like that. And it 
I mentioned Java, but it works with JavaScript and all different programming languages, TypeScript, uh, for all sorts of different uh, development environments. And then you can also have it trained and learned on your own set of data as well. It has like plugins for a lot of different things like Salesforce and things like that. So that was a cool announcement. And the second thing was we released what we're calling Gen 2 of AWS Amplify, which is a code-first way of creating your backend. And then it also has this really neat way of setting your data schema using uh, AWS AppSync that works with the front end and in the back end. So it's a TypeScript way of creating your back end, which you can then use those same types in your front end to do data manipulation, like your mutations, things like that, using a uh, our managed GraphQL service. So two really cool things. You can check it all out at docs.amplify.aws. And we redid our whole document site. So it's much more modern, fast, looks amazing. Awesome, awesome. Yes, uh, I think we've talked we talked to you. I remember we talked to you when you first got to AWS about using Vue at Amazon. Pretty cool episode. It's really cool. I think a lot of the tools you work on is designed, I guess, if you want to get a site up and running using Amazon's infrastructure, right? It does makes things yes. a lot easier for you out of the box for you know authentication or database or servers or whatever, right? Yep. And, and also, I, I totally forgot, I mentioned earlier in the episode, but we had we partnered with the Nux team. So I met oh, cool. uh, Sebastian and uh, we talked about Dan earlier. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you meet Daniel? And, Daniel? Yeah, I, I met him earlier, but uh, we, we talked uh, more. And so we're, we're sponsoring Nux as a company. And so we're part of their, their sponsorship and they created Adapter for us. So now you can upload your Nux site using server-side rendering and upload it to Amplify Hosting. And it's just, it automatically detects it. It's just a few steps. I did a whole video on my YouTube channel at eric.video on it. So if you're looking to host your Nux site, uh, server-side rendered, then yeah, check that out. So you can basically just build your site locally and then upload it and you're up and running? Yep. Yeah, we mentioned Nellify earlier. I know they have something similar, mm-hmm. but I know they're switching kind of gears towards enterprise, but we are right. definitely focused on uh, Vue developers, Nux developers. Uh, we also support Next, of course. Mm-hmm. And and we also, you're, you can actually upload any sort of site, Astro, Svelte, things like that too. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm an Astro fan. Awesome. I'm yeah. an Astro fan for sure. I good. Speaking of guests, uh, Fred Schott, uh, Fred K. Shot, the guy that uh, is sort of the the front facing face of Avastro. I got to interview him both on Views on View and JavaScript Jabber. Super nice guy, real fun, cool sense of humor. And they just released uh, version four, I believe. Uh, so I think oh, yeah. get in and play with that. They got a lot of cool stuff with transitions, I think, and, and some other things. So, so really cool. So. Alrighty, with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you, Eric, for coming on and being our bookend beginning and the hiatus or end. We'll see how that changes. Um, if you want to follow me and get a dad joke at least five days a week, uh, Wonder95 on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, I put them in Slack and Facebook, but that's probably the best way to do it. I had some, <laughs> I had somebody from my church the other day tell me that, uh, dude, I know some people that follow you on Twitter just to get your dad jokes all the time. So, <laughs> and, and thank you, Steve, for like literally 
putting this whole podcast on your shoulders for multiple years, uh, working with guests, dealing with flaky people, hosts and guests for all these time and just being like an amazing advocate and, and bringing this cool resource to everybody. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a great experience. But like I said, you can hear me on JavaScript Jabber and uh, we'll uh, throw some view stuff in there too uh, as it comes along. So awesome. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. And uh, enjoy working with you. See ya.